And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 643, continuing our team-by-team previews for the 2024 fantasy baseball season. And we head to the NL Central. Two divisions to go, 10 teams to talk about. And we kick it off with the St. Louis Cardinals, a fun team, a team that finds their way usually in the race most of the time. Been a little different in recent years, but a team that you expect big things from. And that's why I got this gentleman on the show, because he's got high expectations and not because he's not, he's not wrong for those expectations. But uh, you can find his awesome work over at Prospects Live, one of the co-founders over there. I uh, still crushing it over there, of course. I've had the pleasure of meeting this gentleman. First pitch Arizona a couple times. Great guy, great prospect analyst. You can find him on Twitter at mdtomp underscore p live. Matt Thompson, how are we doing, my friend? I'm good, man. You must be starting from last place on up for the NL Central. So <laughs> Cardinals at first, I guess. This is why I love uh, it. This is why I love it. <laughs> no, it's well-deserved. I'm going to hang that. They should fly a banner um, just as much as they do for division championships for finishing last. Because Although it does happen – lot less frequently than winning does um they needed this reality check and it, it caught them up in a big way we'll get into it but it's yeah. it was, it's been an interesting season um if you know me on twitter i apologize because it's <laughs> but this year i see okay people say they watch game i literally watch like yeah every probably i probably watched even last year 90 percent of the games and they were not good but i watch them anyways because i just that's what i do and yeah, it was wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> and then I, I I had high expectations for the winter and that they were going to learn from their mistakes, and they did not. Um, so we're here. But you mean those big three pitching acquisitions? No, I'm just kidding. We'll get to that. No, but, we uh, will. We'll get. To I them. remember we, you were tweeting about it, and I'm just there going, man. man. I knew exactly. I will get into it, but yeah. I I know exactly what they did. They there's a you can you can. It's like coaching. Like yep. when you're winning, when you're winning a game in the fourth quarter, you can play to win or play not to lose. Yep. They their offseason plan was not to lose. Yep. Let's get old guys that can eat <laughs> innings up and pray we don't get destroyed. And but expose uh, our lack of depth. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> but we will get to there and much, much more. But let's start on the offensive side of things here with yeah. the St. Louis Cardinals because there are some things to get a little excited about potentially. And one, Paul Goldschmidt. Obviously, yeah. this this is a guy that. Um, Year after year, you can almost just pencil in a, a stat line with Goldie. He's going to hit you like 25 to 30 homers, driving in over 100 runs. There's a stretch there's like over 30 homers continuously. Steal maybe you know 10 bags if you get there. More importantly, big-time batting average is what you expect from Paul Goldschmidt. Some steps back, not overly, like 25 homers, 11 steals. The batting average took a big drop-off, all yeah. things considered. Um, and right now, on the bright side, over the last 14 drafts since January 1st, uh, draft champions drafts, I should say, he's got an ADP of like 84. So you're not paying a Goldschmidt premium like pre- earlier in his career. But what are you expecting from him? Because I, I use the joke a lot, and I'm not alone. Father Time usually catches up. Yeah. You got a couple older guys on this team. So last year, just from, just from, and I obviously looked up the numbers to back this up, but just from watching games, he's had a lot more issues with velocity than he's ever had. Uh, he was laid on a lot of fastballs. He still crushed breaking balls in the zone. Like he is a very cerebral hitter, and he knows pitchers' tendencies. Like if he knows a guy's going to throw a three-one slider, which is unusual, right? Three-one slider. He's he's going to wait. He's going to hit it. He's he he has an instincts in the box that are that are uncanny, and he's still obviously that same cerebral guy. But I, I don't think I've ever seen him swing through as many fastballs as he did this this past season, um, which is obviously still. 
a concern. Obviously, he's put in the work this offseason on velocity and bat speed. Um, that's the big focus for him. Um, swing a quicker bat and, and do all that. But I think, I mean, you can tell me I'm kind of pigeonholed with the Cardinals, but like he's almost going into this year more of a guy instead of being that elite talent, he's almost kind of like, uh, not to steal DVR's term, but like an oatmeal guy that's not going to hurt you anywhere. Yep. Yep. That's fair. That's, that's, yeah. Instead of the elite MVP candidate guy, which he still could be if he finds the bat speed, but like, I think the floor here is what you're paying for. And I think the floor here is very good for an offensive foundation. It's very good. It's just the, the I guess the question on draft day comes, do you want Goldie's floor there? Or do you want to wait a little bit, like a Casas or a Torque or right. a Josh Naylor, sure. those kind of guys. And that's the fun part of, you know, all this stuff we do, but the, the, the Goldie thing, it's it, you're, you are paying for the floor. Like you said, I don't know if we get that ceiling anymore. You still probably get, you might get a bump from last year. I, just I, don't know if I we would get the expect MVP a little guy. bump. Yeah. I, I think he's going to land somewhere in between there. I mean, we're talking fantasy stats only, but I mean, like he had a nearly 170 runs and RBIs combined. Yep. Like they still had a 25 and 10 line or 11, right? 20. So like, I think what did he hit 268 last year? Yeah, which is like way low from his norm. I, I, I mean, unscientifically, I think 275, 280 is probably more reasonable. Yep. Um. He's still going to walk. He still barrels the ball at a high rate. Like he does everything that you want. It's just velocity. He got beat with velocity last year. And I, I think he's too smart to allow that to happen again. Whether that means, I mean, I mean, he could, the power numbers could dip a little bit and he could, you know, sell out to make more contact, which is also possible. But there's enough buffer there where that won't kill you either way. Like if he, I mean, 268 25 or, or 280 20. I mean, yep. you almost kind of want the 280 20 almost with the way almost. things are now. So you don't want 20 homers from your first baseman, but if he's bringing other value like that, I think 100%. Yeah. So I think it's a safe gamble. No, that's, that's like, and I, I always love a good floor. So I'm with you on that one. Let's go to the other guy, other corner infield position here with Nolan Arenado. And it was a, a rocky season. I believe he was battling injuries throughout the season. Yeah. Um, yep. yep. But, you know, 266, again, low for Arenado standards, 26 home runs. He's a perennial 30 home run guy. The biggest drop-off, and I guess he only missed it by seven. But he's usually got – he could just pencil in 100 RBIs, no yeah, problem. Yeah, first year he missed it. The streak ended. It was, yeah. I don't, so like, don't have it in front of me how many years it was, but it was yeah, a long for, time. Forever. What are our thoughts on Arenado, though? Because you're paying a 102 ADP. He's going right after Brinkman. So, yeah, I, I still think there's some safety there, obviously. I mean, I, this was the worst year he's had, and it was still productive. The one real fluky thing that I think would turn around is his production against left-handed pitching. He normally destroys lefties, and it was one of those years where he was below average hitter against left-handers, which I that's unusual for him. Um, if you look at his career splits, like he's I, 20 in, in looking at Baseball HQ, their, their, their metric uh, – Against lefties in 2021, he was a 127 uh, and a 131 in 2022, and he dropped down to an 89 this year, particularly with a horrible second half against lefties. Because I think, I mean, platoon splits for a guy like this are one of those things that any outliers like that you kind of just toss out. So that's kind of my attitude towards it. The one thing I am looking at is he did have a back injury down the stretch last year. He's had back injury before. I don't think it's anything – like can't touch the guy because it's his back thing, but it is there. I think two of the last three or four years, I think he's had a DL stint because of the back, at least one. 
Um, so I guess put that in the back of your mind. And the thing with Arenado is like, if you do draft him, you're getting a zero in the total base category. He's one of the slowest human beings on earth, um, which is crazy because he's like the, so the, athletic the peak ultimate. Yeah. He's like the, the gold standard for defensive players at this position of like this time period, but he's not a good runner at all. It's mm-hmm. almost painful watching him run. Um, but I, I don't, I hate to be like, so like go Cardinals go kind of like, Rah, rah guy, but I, I really think pegging him for a bounce back season is also something likely, which is why I still kind of think they're going to win the division this year. Uh, uh, because, would you go, well, would you go Bregman or Arenado? They're going right next to each other. <sighs> Bregman's just a boring, consistent, like four category stud. Real life, if it's a real life baseball and defense matters, I want Arenado, but of course it doesn't in this stretch. So give me Bregman because he's tailor made to that ballpark. If Bregman ever leaves Houston, I want no part of Bregman because the pull fly sure. balls will kill him. But in that ballpark, pulling balls online, fine. And that's the thing with Arenado. Everyone looks at the batted ball data, and it's like, okay, it's ordinary. It's not – like the exit velocities aren't crazy high with Arenado, and they're like – you know. but he doesn't chase, doesn't strike out, and he pulls fly balls. It's a simple game for him too. He's a he's – you know, he pulls fly balls in the air, and he normally gets good results, and I think the back kind of came back and got him in the second half of the year. But I expect him to be a bounce back, and I mean – Per per HQ metric, he was a twenty dollars player still last year, and that's the worst year he's had since the pan, well pandemic year. Which I don't think anybody counts that for anything, right? So I don't know. I still look for a bounce back. I, I still think he's going to hit, you know, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven homers and knock in ninety to one hundred runs and probably hit around two seventy. And I, I think that's. I, I, I'll take Bregman to answer your question because I think Bregman mm-hmm. might have a little more upside in that ballpark, but I think this, that's a good spot to get your third baseman. Yep, no, most definitely. I've been finding a, a happy spot there for sure. Let's go behind the dish here. Wilson Contreras, you know, joined the team last year as a free agent, sure. 20 homers, six deals in 125 games. So, you know, he's uh, hit 264. So it was actually a pretty darn good season, all things considered, because it seemed like every time you turned your head – he had a different injury. He had like you either getting hit or he had a yeah. soft tissue injury or something. So I think he DHs a ton this year. It's just my two cents. But no, he uh, will. what's your because I we, I think we both like Herrera, but we'll get to him a little later. But Contreras ADP of around one thirty eight. I think this is a catcher, one of the catchers I want in fantasy because when he doesn't play, he's going to DH a lot because they do like they do like um, Ivan Herrera. Um, Herrera is going to catch more than the typical backup catcher is going to this year. Um, I can tell you that's going to happen. I've been pretty much told that's going to happen. Um, her, they like Herrera a lot. I mean, they liked Andrew Kisner a lot and let him go for nothing because they knew Herrera was coming. So um, Contreras obviously has the defensive concerns. Um, there was a little bit of a kerfluffle, I guess you could call it, last year about the defense and – Certain pitchers that didn't like him throwing to them, but those pitchers are no longer on the team. Uh, they are now the Detroit Tigers' problem. If I mm-hmm. you can kind of connect the dots, um, that um, guy is gone. So you know, hopefully, um, Contreras can continue to just. He did a good job of letting the distractions be the thing, and living up to the contract was hard. The first half was abysmal, but he made it up for it with an incredible second half. Like he was dominant player. I think he's another guy like you kind of take what you're going to get because you know it's going to be solid. And I think, again, being a catcher that doesn't catch, quote-unquote, is going to happen because he's probably going to get 20-plus games as a DH, I would imagine. 
just the way the roster is constructed and they want Herrera to play. Mm-hmm. So that's appealing. Um, Definitely. So I, 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 yeah, I think he's another player I like a lot in fantasy. Yeah. Contreras is moving up my list in a big way because I, 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 I talk too much and write too much about catchers. So I, Herrera <laughs> jumped out to Herrera jumped out to me in a big, big way. And then I kind of saw the way they used, uh, I always screwed up Kisner in, in previous yeah, years. Yeah. And it just shows like with just Contreras' history, they want that bat in the lineup, obviously. So, yeah. hey, simple, simple prospect here, just DH a lot and as much as possible. So, like, I see Herrera playing at least, I'd say, four days a week, maybe three for sure. Maybe uh, three. Yeah, three I, for think, sure, I think I think but, three for sure. But the thing with Herrera is when he plays, he's going to catch. Yeah. Contreras is going to. But I, mean, but, I mean, that's still not bad for a backup. Like, if you're in yeah. a DC or something, Herrera's very much on my radar of interest. And I said on a catcher preview show that if for some godforsaken reason Contreras ever hits the IL, Herrera becomes a very nice uh, catcher option in my Yeah, he's he's not a bad option to get in those deep leagues where you got two catchers anyways because he's going to sure. play a lot. But like you kind of alluded to, like uh, there's a lot to like with this situation because like you said Herrera probably plays three times least, a week. Yeah. Contreras is probably going to DH twice a week. Yep. On top of what he's doing, you know what I mean. So that's he's a lot. Play, of, he's playing five or six. Yep, five or yeah. six games as a catcher. That's tremendous. Yep. So, hundred percent with you on that one. I can't wait to get your thoughts on Jordan Walker because this is a guy. Like, hey, I'm not a prospect guy. I'm bad with these young players, but you know, 16, uh, 16 homers, seven st- steals, two seventy six last year. In and out of the minors and the big, still played one hundred seventeen games, which is great. Yeah. And his last stint there, like, there's a lot of promising things. With Walker, there are some people extremely high on Walker this year, which means his ADP is 123. So how should we feel about Jordan Walker? I wouldn't pay that price this year for him right now. Um, I'm not out on him long-term at all. I think he's going to be really fine player. I the, I think the most the biggest thing people underrate about him is he's actually – I would say he's an average overpower guy. And despite – with his size, you think instantly, like, look at the power. But I think he's actually a better hitter than he is power hitter. Um, which I think kind of throws people for a loop when they're expecting, you know, uh, 30 home runs. I think he's more likely to hit 280 than he is to hit 30 home runs next year. Um, the defense is awful, and that's ultimately going to be what determines how much he plays. Um, we'll get into the alignment, but they're kind of pigeonholed with what they can do in the outfield because they don't have a lot of quality options in center field. Walker's not in that conversation, but it's going to affect his playing time with – O'Neal out of the picture, which was the most obvious trade candidate if there ever was one, uh, getting moved. Um, the DH spot is technically open because now you're down one body from last year, right? Trying to, and we just talked about Contreras probably DH in a couple days a week. Walker's probably going to DH once or twice a week, I would imagine, as of right now, because the defense is so bad. They're hesitant to put a 22 year old at DH, which I, I kind of understand that. Uh, but also at the same time, like I'm all about trying to win games and put your best nine in your best nine spots. But I get it. Why well, you don't want to pigeonhole a young guy like that for DH. Paul Goldschmidt's contract is up after this year. I do think they'll work something out. But if they don't, Walker could easily move to first base for 2024. I could see that. Or 2025, my timeline's still behind. <laughs> but I could see that being a long-term home for him because he's obviously the former third baseman, has struggled in the move to the outfield. Um, he has a really good arm, which would be wasted at first base, but you know, he's not very good in the outfield playing the angles. But he's been uh, Cardinals guy told me that Walker has been down in Jupiter since January, already working out in the outfield. So that's it's impressive because he doesn't have to do that. You know what I mean? They're not contracted, 
he's not getting paid by the team to be down there, yeah. but he is. He's putting in the work. Um, I, I like Walker, but I, I, I'm not paying that 123 ADP for him this year. Um, he's still going to have – and, like, one of the – being a prospect guy, one of the things I notice a lot is, like, quote-unquote finishing school for a, for a hitter is learning how to elevate. Like, okay, you can control the zone. Okay, you, you know, you can show your power off or you can, you know, put the bat on the ball. The last thing is learning, okay, instead of catching the ball here, I want to catch the ball up here with the bat, catch out in front and elevate. So once you learn to make that adaptation, which he started to do in the second half with the ground ball rate decreasing slightly, um, I, I'm excited for his future. I just i am not all that in on this year because that price is kind of a little bit too much. I'm curious what you think because I kind of, again, I'm so far, so far down in the rabbit hole there, but like, I think it was a solid rookie year, but I'm really encouraged by the, like the low K rate, but yeah, no, it's, it's weird. Cause like I have no Walker. I can't, like I said, I can't get a feel on Walker is like, is he this power guy? Is he this average guy? He's got some speed. Is he going to run a lot though? He's a brick house. Like he should be playing tight end. Uh, yeah. There's like a, a million thoughts here. First base makes a lot of sense. Cause Arenado's glove ain't leaving anytime soon, no. uh, at least for now. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Again, I have zero shares cause I just can't get a grip on him at that price. There's a lot of guys I have much more confidence knowing about that. I'll, I'll take my chances on, but we'll wait and see if there's some, they love the profile, but not for me. Like 22, 23 homers, 10 steals, 260, 270. I feel like I can, I get, I can get that a little later. but uh, 100, yeah. and, I, and I agree. That price tag, I think the upside, yeah. I'm not crapping on the player like long-term. I like no, him, you're saying I, he just does the more like you know seasoning to do, basically. Yeah, but I, but I think like I think people are paying for the upside this year that I don't think is there. Yeah, that's fair. That's why. See, I'm I'm a very cautious drafter, so I usually don't pay. I'm not one of those guys that pays yeah. the price for. Once a guy's elevated an ADP price, I'm pretty much like just moving on. Yeah, you know, Walker's a dude for me. To take him at 123, you kind of have to get 20 and 10, like 270. You have Easy. to like because yeah. that's yeah. what round seven. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. I mean, I like the player, but uh, not not there. I'm with you. Another guy I have a hard time stomaching, but at least his ADP is 195, closer to 200, and that's Nolan Gorman. You know, he played 119 games last year because he had his injuries as well, 27 homers, 7 steals, uh, but hit 236. Strikeouts are still a big problem, but the power is undeniable. How are you feeling about Gorman in 2024? Absolutely love him. Um, I don't care about the strikeouts when you're hitting – I mean, he's a legit 40-homer bat. And honestly, I think if he – what did he end up with last year, 27? 27, yep. If you prorate – I mean, in 464 plate appearances, so, I mean, that's – give him a full season, that's at least 35-plus, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's not a that's not a stretch, and that's with a 32% K rate. But, like, the thing going into last year, I was like, okay, I was worried about how he was going to hit lefties, and he dominated against lefties. He was better against left-handed pitching than he was righties which I don't think is going to stick, but him being bad against lefties is kind of what I expected, but he wasn't bad at all. He was very, very good. So I think he's kind of played himself out of that dreaded platoon role that a lot of young power hitters find themselves in already, just because of how he handled himself um, against left-handed pitching. And like, if you look across the board, he hit the ball harder, hit more fly balls. Uh, The swing decisions were a lot better. Like the one downside is you're drafting. He's legit like a power only guy for fantasy aspect i think because the, the the average floor isn't there as the other guys we kind of talked about 
he lacks the batting average for, and he's not going to steal any bags. But, like, there's a good chance he DHs a lot. Uh, I mean, the barrel rate is obnoxious. Like, the walk percentage was good. The swing decisions, like, behind that are, are strong. Like, if he drops that strikeout percentage to, like, 27, 28, 29%, which would be a good amount of growth, like, batting behind Goldschmidt, Arenado, Nupar, like, there's a 100 RBI chance here. You know, with 30, 30 plus home runs, like, he's going to DH a lot. Donovan's back. Donovan, once he gets healthy, will probably get more starts in the second half at second base. Gorman will move to DH more often. Uh, playing time is not going to be an issue. He's going to play. It's just a matter of second base or DH. He's not a good second baseman, but it is what it is. You got to find room for this type of bat. And uh, I'm a, I'm excited about Gorman. I, I think he can um, I think he can return investment. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you might think opposite being a passive drafter, but um, no, because he's not, le- not typing he's, you that. But no, no, no. That's what I am. But but he's at least an ADP of two, uh, closer to 200. Like at that point, he's a middle infielder for me, which I'm cool with. And as you get to that point in drafts, like I do a lot of 12 teams. If those guys suck, you just drop them and you just, you yeah. just move on. So like yeah. I, that's where I'll start taking my chances. Is the back end of the draft where Norman's kind of or Gorman's trying to kind of go in right now. Yeah, no, I, I again, I mean, I just think it's a it's a kind of a one tool in the bag here, but it's for that type. But if of, he can toss in even 10 steals to go with the RBI, yeah. it's like now he becomes a pretty inter- interesting, interesting target. If it's not strictly a powered bat, like it's not strictly Jorge Soler type stuff, then it, it gets interesting. Yeah, because I mean, he, he he led the team in home runs last year. I think he's probably going to do pretty it sure. Yeah. Um, I, I like him a lot. I, I, I'm really excited for his growth because he. He's a year ahead of Walker kind of being in the big leagues the last two years, and he's kind of done the up-and-down thing, and now he's this should be the first year where he's kind of firmly just let's go. You know what I mean? Let's. Yep. You're, he's the big lefty power bat they need. He, he might hit third because they do that dumb thing where they like to hit Goldsmith second. So Arenado hit fourth. So that's not a bad spot to be. Contreras fifth. So he's going to be around those guys. We'll see how that one goes. Lars Newtbar is a guy that's always intrigued me, but I don't know. Like between yeah. injuries, playing times, like where's it going to be? ADP of around 203. We did see 14 homers and 11 steals in 117 games last year. Projections have him going like 2010, give or take. What are you thinking on Newbar? Because even roster resource has him projected to hit third, which makes me chuckle a little, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, He did hit third a little bit last year, but I think Gorman's that guy, to be honest. You know, if you want a lefty between the two, uh, Newbar might lead off. If Donovan's in the lineup, if Donovan sits, Newbar's probably a leadoff hitter. But um, yeah, he's a good OBP guy. Um, home runs that are stolen bases fall a little flat uh, on a per plate appearance role um, than you want. Um, but it's a really big OBP. The only problem with it, with him is he hit too many balls on the ground last year, and that's kind of what I was talking about. Like you're looking for that finishing adjustment for hitters. Um, if he can loft the ball, I think it changes the profile considerably because, I mean, you know, uh, high walk percentage, high contact guy. I mean, the one thing about the Cardinals is Gorman is really the only guy that strikes out in the lineup. Everyone else, true. everyone else is above average as far as contact goes, which you lead to a problem like last year, and you run, you ground into like a massive amount of double plays because everyone's always on base. But Nupar is a culprit of that because, you know, again, he's. Um, Pounds the ball on the ground. I think ultimately he's a candidate to hit at the top of the order, uh, depending on what they do with Donovan. But yeah, I mean, 
I like a guy I compare him to is like a guy that was getting a lot of hype is like Dalton Varsho in a way because they get a lot of plate appearances. The average might be a little bit lower. Um, Double digit homers and steals, but the question is: Is it low end double digits or kind of mid teens of both? Um, That's where the the questions lie. But uh, I I like Newt Bar. He's he's a better real life player than he is in fantasy because he does a lot of things, but. Um, I, I don't know if the upside is as high as people think. I think Eno has a lot to do with that because Eno put his stamp on Nupar last year. And I think that's, you know, everyone knows who Eno is, right? And Eno is yep. following. And Eno, he puts a stamp on anybody people are going to follow. Yep. Rightly so. And I think that's kind of what happened with him. I think the, the expectations kind of surpassed the skills last year because of all that's that. Fair. That's fair. And I think he was a solid player, but I think a lot of people kind of leave a little disappointed with what he did. So. I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what you think his power projection is because I, I look at that and I still see w- with the high ground ball rate, he's probably capped at 15 to 18, but I don't know about you. Yeah, it's the ground ball rate that scares me, but then like I look at other aspects of Newt Bar and I can see a, a level of power showing up again. I might be overly optimistic on this, but like, you know, at least two years ago, we saw the 12% barrel and the 46% hard hit rate, which was yeah, like out of nowhere awesome. I was like, if he can go back and channel that and like the barrel rate and hard hit rate dropped last year, but he still had 112 max EV, which is something you can play with for sure. It's just the consistency, like you said. The ground balls also went from 43 to – or basically 44 to 50. That's going to zap the barrel rate, of course, the yeah. hitting the ball on the ground. So it's it's a – can he consistently elevate the baseball? If he can do that, I think there's definitely power there. I'm with you. The ground ball rate is the biggest concern right now. At an ADP of 200, and if you need outfielders, I'm interested. I'll say that. Much. One thing for the real-life standpoint to watch out for as far as roster construction goes, he's not a good center fielder. Okay. So you look at that roster and you kind of think he might play center. Um, he's really weak at going back on, on balls, um, and he got burned a lot on that last year. So that's why I think Edmund is a center fielder. Okay. And I think Newbar and Walker, one of them will be on each corner. And they'll be platooning most likely, I'm guessing. At least Newbar will be. Um, Hopefully not, but maybe. I don't. I don't think so because okay, they don't have maybe Carlson. But I, okay, like yeah, exactly. I'm with you, like Carlson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fourth outfielder, fifth outfielder. Yeah. What's he gonna so be today? <laughs> I think he might lose a start against like a like a he's like give me like the best lefties in the league. He might sit against. Yeah, but he's here's not a good rest day against. Kids. He's yeah. not going to sit against. Like Drew Smiley, yeah, there you go, Sean Maniah, you know, so like stuff like that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Let's talk about Tommy Edmund here because this is a guy that right now on NFBC second base shortstop outfield eligible. That's big. 80, very big. ADP of 162. 13 homers back-to-back years. Got 27 steals. So he's basically a uh, 1330 guy. Uh, Average dropped last year to 246. What are your thoughts on Edmund, especially if he plays every day in center field? That's got to be a plus. So my rant with Tommy Edmund is the team was in last place for the entire second half, essentially. And he had wrist surgery in October. Why not do it in why not do it in (laughs) September when you're it's a valid point. Hey, I don't I just I sit on Twitter all day. That's all I do. Um valid point. I wouldn't argue that one (laughs) one bit. But hey, they still finished last, and now Edmund uh is going to be delayed for the start of spring training, uh, anyways. No, I think I don't think anything to do with the seasons on the line, but I'm always a little worried when players' routines get disrupted, like too much like that. So that's number one thing to keep in mind with Edmund. 
Uh, number two thing with Edmund is uh, he's going, like I already kind of mentioned, he's going to be their center fielder. He looked pretty good out there. Um, and I think ultimately that's his role for the team, best fits that. But he also is in the weird position where he's kind of acting as the Mason Wynn insurance in case Mason Wynn flops. I think he's going to be the shortstop, which can't play both positions at one time. So there's going to be some give or take there um, with, with how that goes. But I, I would pencil on paper – as Edmund is an everyday starter, not a utility guy like he kind of used to be. Um, I just think with him, you know what you're getting. It's a lot of contact, uh, very low Ks, kind of aggressive hitter, not going to walk a lot. Stolen bases are the big trick here. Um, I think 10, 11, 12, 13 home runs with 25 steals and 260 average. That'll I don't play. Know. Yeah, no, it's a solid, especially with that eligibility, which he should continue to carry on. I would expect. Um, yeah, that that that's tremendous, especially in those draft and hold formats. Um, so yeah, no, I used to always be out on Edmund because people were like pushing him up draft board so much. I'm like, I'm not paying that price. Yeah, I'm one sixty two ish. I'm okay. Like, yeah, please go in there, especially if you need steals. Maybe you went like you know Schwarber or somebody early, like a, you know whatever. I think he outperformed that last year despite the injuries. I think he was. I would guess on any play rater, he's probably higher than 162. Probably. That's probably very, very fair with Tommy Edmund. Really curious your thoughts on Mason Wen here. ADP of uh, 360. So he's basically free in drafts or undrafted, depending on your format. Tore through the minor leagues. Everybody knows people were chanting for him to get called forever. Gets called up. Two homers, two steals. It's 172 over 37 games. Obviously, first cup of coffee. I'll give guys benefit of the doubt on these scenarios. Yeah. You know much better than I do. So what are our thoughts on Mason Wynn? So as the roster is currently constructed with Edmund in center, there is no other competition, which I think is weird, if I'm being honest, that they kind of just don't have anybody like if he fails, um, which I guess speaks highly of him in a sense mm-hmm. because they don't think he's going to fail. I'm trying to pull up his minor league stat cast data real quick. So sorry if I'm no kind of stuttering over it. But um, there's more power here than he showed in the major league samples, basically what I'm trying to get at. Uh, max EV of 110 in AAA. That'll play. Um, average EV was 87. So as you see, there's a lot of weak contact in there. He's an aggressive hitter. Going to swing a lot. Obviously, being a, a young Aggressive hitter, you get exploited a lot, and you might be swinging second pitch at a pitch on the black when you don't have to, and you can work that bat and kind of weak roll over somewhere. You know, but he is fast, and he might have the best infield arm in the majors, so he has that kind of stuff going for him. He's an elite athlete, which you kind of mentioned already. In zone contact was solid, eighty nine percent. Like hard hit rate, thirty one percent. Barrel rate, three percent in the minors. So there's. Like, I guess a concern, right? The barrel rate wasn't in very strong. Um, Hammers fastballs had a fastball swing strike rate of uh, 5%. So, like, he does what he needs to do. There's so, he's the upside play. Um, I think where you're getting him, anyways, I think at, at he's got to be drafted as a bench piece where he's going. You're not looking at him any yeah. higher than that off the bat. So, I think in that sense, you can potentially be getting a steal. Um, I do think um, he's he's a base running threat eventually. Uh, I think he's trying to learn all the ins and outs of the base pass right now. Um, but uh, he chases out of the zone a lot. Um, so that's something to watch. I'm just kind of going through my notes. So if I'm all over mm-hmm. the place, um, 
certainly hit over power type with good contact rate. Um, pull side power. He's not going to be dunking balls off over the right field fence. That's not going to happen. He's not that big guy. Uh, but 10 homers and 20 steals be a fair assumption, I think, for win. I, batting average is all over the mat for me. Um, that's where it could get a little dicey. But, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with grabbing him as a bench stash and seeing how he performs and then kind of have an in-season last round or last couple round pick just to fill up your roster and you might have an upside play here or you have a guy you cut in two weeks. I mean, he he makes for a good uh, middle infielder guy. It sounds like a 10, 20, um, or like you said, a bench bat, you cut type guy. There's a lot of ways to go about it, of course, but definitely seems like a guy that you can't just, um, you, you, uh, maybe a wait and see, but there could be I'm some. I'm not counting on him for anything. I'll yep. say that, but um, it's good contact. Um, and with his speed, you mm-hmm. typically like that combination to play Definitely. above the, you know, the projections. But I throw out his last year; he looked pretty overmatched. Uh, yes. Defensively, he looks great. Like that arm is unreal. Like he's the type of guy if he's if he's playing any other position but shortstop, you fire the manager instantly. Like, because why is he not playing there? Like, you know what I mean? If he's on the field, yep. he's playing there. Like, period. Like. A long term, I really do like him a lot. Long term, I think he's like a twenty homer, thirty steal type of guy. Nice. But like, he's not there yet because there's a lot of work to do with refining. And and mo- his biggest thing he needs to work on offensively is not chasing. He chases a lot of breaking balls down and away. Like that's something he comes with experience. I'm hoping to not get exposed. He's bulked up a lot this offseason. He's put a focus on getting stronger, which is kind of scary to think about because if he adds that he might be like a legit eventual like one of the most exciting players in this fantasy game that we all love because he can do everything if it all works out like you could squint and see everything you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you could squint and see i'm not even gonna like 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 future top three round player yeah we we talk in uh all those elite shortstops back in the day yeah yeah it's a Trey Turner skill set if it all pans out, but that'd be nice. Be real not. nice. That's not top three rounds, Matt. That is number one round. No, no, that's like that's like. <laughs> I know. You know I'm mean? just messing with you. No, yeah. no, you're you're good. Check me on that. Uh, but uh, no, it's interesting. So yeah, maybe a wait and see. As, as it sounds like Walker, we're a little ways away on Mason Wynn, a little ways away on. So if you're a Cardinals fan, this is I'm a plus. more likely to be invested in Wynn than Walker this year. Okay, I think just because of the price. Yeah, 100%. Price like 100%. Uh, last bat we're going to talk about here is Brendan Donovan, uh, ADP of 276. He said he's going to be back this year. A yeah. little bit of power, a little bit of speed. What are we thinking here? So he's going to be the typical utility guy, I think. Um, pretty much an everyday player, like an extension of that. Um, just doing what he's doing, high OBP. Uh, we, and I'm, you know, the most depressing thing about him getting injured last year is we were in the middle of a big power, like breakout. He was changing who he was. Um, he had a, he's one of the few players like spring training stats don't matter kind of thing. I think they do for him. Cause I want to see where his powers at again. Cause last year during spring, we saw the actual, like, I think he had like five home runs in spring training or something crazy, which for him is a lot. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was somewhere around there. Um, I think he's going to be 
he's going to play some outfield this year. So you're going to look at a guy that's going to gain that type of eligibility with the way the roster constructed. He's probably going to play some left field if, especially if wind doesn't work out and they have to patch center field, you know, hope that Donovan will play a lot in center or excuse me, in left. Um, so I, I do like him. And I'm, I think for where he's going, he's a, going to be a steal because he's going to add eligibility. Uh, there's a lot of ground ball tendencies here though. And he doesn't have a ton of stolen base upside. But I think you're paying for like what the barrel rate in the OBP can get you and the multi-positional thing and the pull side power. So you know, I think he can I think he can hit 15 to 16, 17, 18 home runs this year with a strong OBP if he gets the playing time. It's just a matter of Will he I, get it? Yeah, where and, and where he'll get it is gonna matter, I think, for him. Because he's the backup at third if they need one. He's the backup at short until he got hurt. I don't know if they'll mess with that again but he played some shortstop in the past he played some first base in the past which is weird because he's like five six but he's not, <laughs> not that big, short not a big target over not here. that short but i'm exaggerating but yeah um it was an elbow injury too so there's also that but it was in june so he should be fully ready um talking to a cardinals guy that he's already been donovan's been down in jupiter since january working out uh has a kid coming well, congratulations to the Diamond ba- family. Baby swag. Um, so he has that that father bounce, right? Everyone has that. Um, but I like Donovan. So, but I think at the end of the day, the lineup will go something like: if Donovan's healthy, he might DH and lead off on a good day with uh, Goldschmidt, Gorman, Arenado, Contreras, Nupar in the sixth spot. Seven spot will be Walker. Eight spot will be Edmund. Nine spot will be Win. I think that's a pretty decent lineup. That's not a bad lineup at all. Especially these guys actually play the way they should play. That's yeah, a, a pretty good lineup indeed. Let's head to the the mound though. Starting rotation. We where have to though. All, I thought all, we were done. Well, this is over, right? <laughs> this is where all the magic happened this <laughs> off season. We got to talk about it. <laughs> um, uh, we'll start at the top here. Your ace of the rotation. In Sunny nothing wrong Gray. with this. No, this one. This one is actually the good one. The rest of it, we'll talk about. Well, um, I, I prefer Sunny Gray not to be my ace. If yeah, you had, if you be honest, I guess. But for sure, nothing sure. wrong with Sunny Gray. It's just more of. A, Team Let's context. Some, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Gray's got an ADP of 119 right now. And uh, he did put up 184 innings last year, which is the best since 2015. Sub three ERA. What are your expectations in St. Louis? Hopefully, that. Um, if he pitches less than that innings wise, it's going to be a long year. Um, I've. I don't know of another pitcher in the National League that has more on his shoulders than what Sonny Gray has to do this year. If he doesn't, if he misses time, which he he always tends to miss a week or so with something, it seems to be what he does. If he misses more than that, it's going to get ugly out here in these streets because it's uh, there's not a lot of depth. Um, we'll get to it. But I, I think Sonny Gray is great. I don't think he's a fantasy ace because I, I think he leaves a little bit on the table strikeout-wise. Yep. But for real life, I think with the ground ball rate and the strikeout rate, I think he can be for at least another year or so, like a legit SP1. Um, but for fantasy, I'm not drafting this as that, which I think at that price, you that this is a stylistic thing. Like if some people, me, and maybe this is why I don't do very well anymore in fantasy, but I always try to walk out of the first 
three rounds with a, with a starting pitcher just because I want to feel that anchor. Yep. I want to have that anchor. I don't think he's quite that, but I think he's the next tier down. Yep, 100%. He's a good SP2. I'm fine with that. Uh, so, if, yeah, if you take a pitcher early, he can 100% be an SP2, and that's uh, definitely in play. Now it gets fun. Uh, Miles Mikolas. Trying to figure out which one you're going to talk about yeah, next. No, I'm still good. Miles My, Mikolas, over 200 innings for back to back seasons, three of the last four, not counting 2020 yeah, or yeah. 2021, whatever, uh, when he got hurt. But um, so that's good. Yeah. After that, there's no strikeouts. The ratios are rough because he pitches to so much. Con- like, I just love tar- stacking against Mikolas personally. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. ADP's 425. Is this you, 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 this could be short so, speed if you want. <laughs> I mean, you're if you're in a 15 team league, I think you take a shot earlier than that because pitching will get scarce. Yep. And I think you and you the one thing he's guaranteed to do is eat innings, eat innings, and pitch in bulk. Mm-hmm. Um, the walk rate is is really good, but he wastes it by not striking out a lot of guys. So the ratio you don't feel the ratio effect as much. And I don't know, man. Like, I think where he's going. I would rather take a shot on uh, name any random starting pitching prospect that might come up in the second half of the year or earlier than that and just kind of do their thing. I think I, I take that shot because I can always find this guy mm-hmm. on waivers or in the Cardinals rotation again and again because there's two more of them they're just like him kind of. Yep. Um, so I, I think with Michaelis in the Shadow League, I don't think he's on your radar at all. He shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Um, if you're in a deep league, I do think the innings can be valuable, but there's I would take like Lance Lynn over Michaelis, if I'm being honest. Well, speaking of Lance Lynn, let's go to him because I actually have taken some shots on him at ADP of 315 because he'll eat a ton of innings, but he gives you strikeouts on like he'll Miles eat a lot Michaelis. Of the innings are one yeah. of them. Yeah, that and a lot of fastballs <laughs> versions of them as well, because that's all Lance Lynn does. Um Ratios were atrocious last year, well documented, but the strikeouts are still there time yeah. and time again. So I'm kind of optimistic at that ADP. And again, if it doesn't work, you drop his ass. Who cares? But what's your thoughts on Lynn this year? Because I think going to St. Louis might not be the worst thing. Yeah, no, I I, I actually think it's a so I'm gonna lump Kyle Gibson into this Go analysis as well yep. because when I, we were talking about the rotation a little bit off air, and I might have into that this in the beginning. Like I was excited for the Cardinals this offseason because this, I'm using their own quotes, absurd quotes against them, but like they their cage was rattled. That's their words, not mine. Like with how the year went, and like they're very prepped to to spend money at the top of the market. Like, like let's go do our thing. Like let's let's get let's talk to y- Yamamoto and and let's talk to all these big. You're you're a Giants fan, so I see you kind of silently nodding your head. Like, oh, let's let's set our targets here and let's, let's do this. Who wouldn't want to come to St. Louis? Who wouldn't want to be here? Well, if you're offering 75% of what someone else is going to offer, nobody's going to choose you. <laughs> I'm just being honest. No, if you're in the middle, of, Especially if you're in the middle of the country, no offense. I'm a, I yeah. live in the middle of the country. Um, yeah, but if you can go to New York to or live, LA and make a lot more money, pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. It's an easy explanation. Like, like, I don't know what they think. Like it's the, they think the legacy gonna, of the Cardinals. Sells they think itself, they're going right? to trade for Scott Rowland and he's going to decide <laughs> and, and Matt Holiday and they're going to take less money just to stay. Not, every, not every not every team can get Nolan Arenado for a bucket of balls, Rockies. Like not everybody. They can. got Goldschmidt for one too, and yeah. 
the only reason why they did that is because those two guys forced their way here. There was no other teams in the vicinity when it got down to the end point. Like for Arenado, it was either you go to St. Louis or you're staying in Colorado. Goldschmidt, for some reason, I don't know why, it was either Arizona or St. Louis. There was nobody else involved. Hmm. So, like, they both eventually, well, yeah, let's go. Let's go to this new place. And they're there. Anyways, this offseason, throw out everything you think of the Cardinals because it's not that's not who they are anymore. They are they are Dollar General trying to compete on the same market as a Walmart with the way they act and the way they you know do their thing. Nothing wrong with Dollar General. I go there for my toilet paper and all that stuff because toilet paper is toilet paper. I try to not buy my food from there. <laughs> like you know what it's like oh, I, I i get the analogy i, I try not to buy the meat i won't buy meat from there I, I don't know i just won't yeah like it's just maybe that's me being dumb but this is like a block in my brain i won't do it and why would you go to st louis if someone else is going to pay you more money like i don't i don't understand that st louis isn't a big draw like that's not an insult it's a wonderful city i don't live there so it is what it is i live in the chicago area but I don't know, man. But then you get all this offseason and they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do big. And then and then Lance Lynn calls them and says, Hey, I want to pitch in St. Louis. Well, they Louis. did big. Yeah, well then Lance Lynn calls them and says, I want to pitch in St. Louis. And Kyle Gibson calls and says, Hey, I want to come to St. Louis. So like both of those guys wanted to be here and they took extremely discounted one year deals. Look at some of these other pitchers. Lynn and Gibson, to be fair, could have got a lot more some like elsewhere. But like they called St. Louis and like took one year deals with a team option. Who does that? Like that early in the offseason for arms like that. Like they they uh the, the analogy I used earlier is like they went through this offseason not to lose instead of to instead of trying to win. They raised the floor of their rotation just enough to where you have Four high bulk guys now. Well, three. I'll count Sonny Gray. So I'll put four. You have Gibson, Lynn, and Michaelis, who are pretty much all high bulk guys, innings wise. What are the odds those guys fail? Probably not that high, right? Fantasy relevance and not being a and viable MLB starting pitcher are different. So what are what's the odds that says all three of those guys completely suck this year? Probably not very high. You can almost bet anything on it that two of those guys would be exactly as advertised yep. which raises your rotation floor for cheap because guess what now in 2025 going into 2025 season you get to do this free agency thing all over again because you sign guys to a one-year deal but you're pretty excited about that yeah and and then sunny gray's deal well, which i was excited because sunny gray's deal is extremely front-loaded they're paying him 10 million dollars this year that's not bad so then it goes to 25 and then it goes to like 35 or something crazy like that. So it's like, well, why are you front loading it if you're not going to do anything else? Yeah. What, where, what do you, where's Jordan Montgomery still out there, but evidently they're not interested, which they misevaluated him because they had the impression that he couldn't pitch in the playoffs and he's working out of the bullpen in their series against the Phillies. So fucking Adam Wainwright can start a playoff game. You didn't come to that because they lost in two games. <laughs> But they had Adam Wainwright primed to start game three. That's ridiculous. And they had uh, Montgomery pitching out of the bullpen. Yeah. What? Yeah, like, what are Mo you doing? Montgomery looked good in the World Series this last year. Yeah, he can't pitch in the playoffs, though. Yep. 
But to be fair, the Yankees also thought the same thing. But the Yankees thought yeah. the same thing for a different reason. The Yankees thought the same thing because they have guys like Garrett Cole and they had guys like Luis Severino and they had who when Severino was good and yeah. they had yeah. big time arms that were actually better than Montgomery. The Cardinals yeah. had Adam Wainwright and thought he was the guy. So like they no joke. I forget who even started the playoff games. Uh, Jose Quintana started game one, I think. I think you're right. Which is no. fine because he pitched fine for them. I have no issue with that. Game two should have been Montgomery, but they started. I think like, it went Quintana in game one with Michaelis back in the month or something yeah. like that. And then they, they tandemed the starters in all the games. And then Wainwright was going to go game three if they got there. Like, holy hell. Like, his September in 2022 was, was pretty much the carbon copy of his 2023 season. But they thought he was going to be their go to guy in a do or die game. But I digress. Um, but long story short, I think these guys raise their rotation floor, which is why I do think they'll win the division because I think if they're started in such a bad place with their pitching, it's got to be better. They did their job. They're going to be better this year, but they still have questions going forward because they didn't do anything to address the future. And if you want to play that game, like you're not getting innings to Libertor and you're not getting innings to Zach Thompson this year in a traditional role, who are your only two viable young starting pitchers who probably will contribute much. Um, because now they're going to be kind of swingmen because of the way the staffs are built. So it's all kind of weird. Like they kind of they didn't want to rebuild, but they didn't want to commit to adding core players either, which is a different take. But yeah, makes it tricky. Makes it tricky to uh, like I agree. That's why I, I understood the moves from a baseball sense. I yeah, guess, you're not going to finish last. Like I would bet the house they don't finish last. Again. Yeah, with like, the pirates and everything going on, you're yeah. not. But are you going to win the World Series? No, be you're not tough. because be tough. like Kyle Gibson is not going to win you the playoff game. Yep. If he does, I'll eat a hat on air, I guess. But like <laughs> Michaelis isn't a playoff pitcher. Like you can't have those pitch to contact guys. Like you just can't. There's too many variables that happen at the balls in play. 100%. Especially in a short series like that, you're, you're setting yourself. I can't say you can't, but you're setting yourself. You're making it harder. They have to be perfect, basically. Yeah, no and like way. I like Gibson. Gibson's going to be a perfectly fine streamer at home mm-hmm. yep. against I, a lot of teams. I also going to Gibson stats like for underdog and stuff. The dude's a quality start. Like yeah, almost he's fine. every other outing. Like he gets the, he, he keeps you in ball games. He's not going to lose you a bunch of ball games. No, he's completely fine. Like, yep. but another perspective way of looking at this is the Baltimore Orioles have no starting pitching, and they let Kyle Gibson go. Didn't even try to bring him back. That's very true. So like, it, makes you wonder. I'm fine with the, the Cardinals rotation is built for the regular season, not to finish last. And they won't, I, I bet anything you want to bet on it. They won't finish last, but, and I, they probably will win the division because I don't trust the Reds. I think the Brewers pitching is going to be worse and their offense isn't anything special at all. The Cubs are the threat. If they start a threat for sure, uh, if they sign Bellinger, that changes my thought process. But like, I don't know. I like Gibson. Um, to be a home streamer, Lynn to be a little bit more than that, but a, a guy that you cut and re-pick up and <laughs> all that stuff. And then, like, I don't know. What other pitchers did you What want about Steven Matz? <laughs> he was um, actually pitching well before he got hurt last year. He was. Um, <laughs> I don't... ADP of 350, not costing you much. Yeah, I think you, you could do worse. Yeah. I think he might... Torpedo your whip if you let him, but that's very possible. But he does have some strikeout upside when he's healthy. Um, see, his strikeout and stuff is all thrown off because he pitched out of the bullpen and got to kind of eat a little bit 
That's when true. he was coming back. So like he and he did very well in that role, which I, I think it's the money they're paying him. They don't want to move him to the bullpen, which again is a stupid idea. But um, once the players are paid, it's a sunk cost. You just use them how it best fits. But maybe I'm not looking at that right. I don't know. Um, but. <laughs> I don't know. I like I like Matts as a late inning gamble, but he's not going to give you the. He's not an innings guy. He's a on thin ice kind of guy all the time. Yeah, I I'm taking some stabs at him late in drafts, but yeah, yeah that's fine. It's, it's not warm and fuzzy. Let's put it that way. No. Um, let's head to the bullpen though. Where Helsley, I was shocked. He came back, looked great. I thought they're going to keep the job with Gallegos and company, but Helsley came back from his injury, took it over, looked amazing. You still got Gallegos there. They traded for Kittredge. How do you see this like bullpen that. playing out in uh, in St. Louis? So I think the bullpen will be fine. I like Helsley a lot. I think he's in the second tier, probably closer, just because of the injuries he's missed a little bit. Like he came back last year and they said they weren't going to work him on back to back days. And then Adam Wainwright was trying to get his 200th win. So then they threw Helsley in a back to back, which was kind of reckless, but they did it and it worked. Um, the velocity came all the way back and then some with having the time off. He was hitting 103 like consistently on this down the stretch there. Um, I think he's legit. He's always teetering on the edge a little bit with the command with him, but that's part of throwing 103 with a nasty breaking ball and a changeup. I mean, you're not going to be able to spot it where you want, right? It's part of the deception. Uh, Gallegos was a little scary last year. He got roughed up a little bit. He's got extreme fly ball tendencies, which he's in an okay park for that. Uh, but the defense hurt him a lot because the defense on the corners were not great uh, with him in the outfield. And um, I think he, you know, he should be better this year if he's healthy. I like Kittredge a lot. He's going to affect their high leverage. I like Robertson, the guy they got from the Red Sox in the Tyler O'Neill trade. He's going to be a nice strikeout arm out of the bullpen. Uh, Jojo Romero looked very nice. Saying, he's still there. He looked good in his moments too. So I think the back end of the bullpen's fine. I think innings five through six. Might be a little hairy sometimes. So you're telling me it's got to get through five and a half to six innings from those starters, and Which then they, they built the team that way. Now that's honestly. what I say. The guys they sign, that's what they do. They get you to the six. They, they built that team that way. Like there's no doubt. But um, I, I again, I'll, I'll I think they're going to win the division again. Maybe I'm crazy, but yeah, I think it'll be them and the Cubs. Usually, that's the way I see it yeah. as well. Now the moment of truth. You kind of don't seem optimistic about reinforcements in this rotation. Maybe there's some elsewhere. What is the what's the prospect outlook, at least maybe for fantasy this season? So I like I like Tacoa Roby, the guy they got from the Montgomery trade, uh, starting pitcher. He was out in Arizona uh, with the AFL. Big big dude. Um, throws really hard. Not like he's. You can tell he came from a different organization because he's not like the ones they got. Uh, he throws hard, has strikeout stuff, a uh, pair of above average to plus breaking balls. Probably needs more time in the minors because he has missed some time with injuries, back injuries and an arm injury building up to this. So um, never had a surgery though, which is important to know. Um, but also I, if they have to go down that far, I think, they're in trouble because I think there's a lot of triple A guys they're going to go to before him, like uh, Gordon Graceffo. Uh Libertor is still there, even though I'm not optimistic on him at all. And that was a misevaluation on everybody's part. Mm-hmm. Uh, Web prospect sites included because he's not good. Um, Zach Thompson, who I mentioned, I like him a lot. I just, 
it's hard for a guy to be a contributor if he's going to have to do that swing roll because you have to yeah. get built up and then built back down, pitch the bullpen, major leagues. Does so it it's going like, to be hard. Does it feel like Thompson's like the sixth man right now? Like we the first guy to get called on because he kind of showed that last year? Or do you see it maybe being Lieber Tortoise because they feel like they need to hopefully prove he's better than he was? I think Thompson's the sixth guy. I think Lieber Torres in the bullpen to start the year. It's probably a better spot for him, honestly. Kind of control his appearances, get him in a yep. good environment and – at least get his confidence up. He maybe. can throw ninety-five plus in shorter stints. I'm hoping. Duck so. style. <laughs> get, get, get in there. And just. I'm thinking that's what they do with him. Yeah, but any bats to look forward to this year? We kind of. So like... there's one complete wild card that I totally could see making like a meaningful um, appearance with the Cardinals this year. And it's Victor Scott. Yes. So the thing with Victor Scott is. He led the minor. I think he was. They took one stolen base away from him. I don't know why. He went down to like ninety-four stolen bases for the year in the minor leagues. So like, the thing with him is like his defense in center field is elite. He's already kind of a big league caliber defender, close to it. He's a little bit refinement on routes. We saw him misplay a ball in Arizona pretty badly that resulted in inside the park home run. If you remember that mm-hmm. when we were out there, yep, because he was super aggressive and kind of went went kind of for like the leaping catch instead of just playing it safe, which. Whatever, it's AFL, show your skills. But so these, there's some aggressiveness there, some route running issues, but like he has enough power, I think, to where he's not just going to be like uh, contact uh, and speed guy. Like he's got enough juice to where he can hit 12 to 15 homers, like in the big leagues, with the batted ball data that I saw in the minor leagues that I have, that I've seen and like the launch angle stuff. Mm-hmm. He's not just a pound, he's not. Carl Crawford's kid. He's not Justin Crawford where he pounds the ball on the ground and just runs. He's a more he's more than that. Um, if they have to go to him this year, and that's the thing. I, I think they could either wait, keep him in the minors and let the bat develop a little bit more because it does need to, but you could put him in the majors now and he could be your center fielder and he could be a monster like stolen base guy like right away. Okay. My only issue with that is if Mason Wynn doesn't hit, can you have two Guys at the bottom of your lineup that aren't hitting very well in Win and Scott, I don't know if you can. Mm-hmm. And then with the way there's teams with lineups are built, but I do think if there's an injury to Win or Win doesn't hit, Edmund slides back to short, and you could see Scott in center field in like May. Yeah, that makes sense. So at least according to like draft champions, people they got them, they're 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 aggressive on him with an ADP of four seventy one. He's an so. instant ad everywhere, everywhere the second he gets called up. Okay. Because so he's he's, he's the the rare type of guy that can win you stolen bases by himself. Yeah, I remember I remember at AFL he was quite the buzz. People like he was one of those yeah top top names. He wasn't like Mervis Buzz from a couple years ago, but it was close. There was a lot of people wanting to talk Victor Scott, Victor it's Scott, Estieri Ruiz with an actual bat. That's tremendous when you put it that way. Because just for like fun, that's the what it, envision that. Yeah, well, because just for fun, for those that that care, uh, Ruiz has an ADP of one twenty five, so he'd be going around there, give or take. But Jordan Walker better. territory, yeah, Jordan Walker territory. There we go, full circle. Yeah, on this wonderful podcast, and uh, the last thoughts, and I kind of already know you said it a few times, but what are your expectations this season from a real life standpoint? Like you said, they're not going to finish last. I think they contend for the division. What do we think in reality is? I think they win 84 games and win the Central. Yeah, that's probably fair. Where do you think they uh, finish in the postseason? They two and out. 
tune out. Okay, there we go. Uh, we'll <laughs> see. Whatever this... the super super wild card round, whatever they call yeah, it, yeah. they won't make it past that. We'll see how this goes next season. Then when we talk about the Cardinals and uh, how things went. But before we leave, my friend, plug everything. Let people know where they can find you. Prospects Live is the place to find all my stuff, and I'm on Twitter. Uh, MD Top P Live underscore P Live. We're rolling through our organizational top 30s still. Um, fantasy content's all behind a Patreon. I you should subscribe. It's it's worth the money. I promise. Very interactive. Um, doing I with our top 30s. I'm also dropping like a, a dynasty list for players 25 and under on each team. So like I'll rank like a Jordan Walker inside the Cardinals prospect list. You can kind of see where I view them. And a Gorman compared to like the guys they have now, like recent recent graduates are included in their prospect stuff. If that's something you're into. Nice. Um, we have positional series coming out. Our FYPD just dropped first year player draft um, top 150 for that. So if you're in a deep dynasty league, that should cover you for most of your unless you're a sicko and you're in a big drafts like me that need like 300 players. But yeah. 150 is a good start. If you need more, trust me, hit me up on. Uh, there or Twitter, and I'll get you the rest of the list. Um, but yeah, I mean, just waiting for baseball season to start. Soon, uh, pitchers and catchers, real soon. Yeah, I'm excited about that. What are we looking about? 16 days to or so? About two weeks, give or take. So I usually always see Valentine's Day is like my go to date for that. They, yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark is when they start all reporting. So yeah, I'm not, excited for that. Not that far away. And then we can maybe Scott Boris will get off his high horse by like March 15th and we'll have everybody sign. But, oh, no, uh, those guys. They'll wait as long as possible. They're going to wait yeah. into, spring, into spring training. I can almost guarantee you. Yeah, Bellinger and Bellinger, Snell, Mike yep. Montgomery's even there now. There's a bunch of them. So I don't think Montgomery's a Boris guy, is he? He might not. There's like there's like five or six of the biggest hitters left that are all Boris dudes, just kind of hanging out. So well, this is what Boris does, to... folks. This is what he does. He missed um, the boat on the early guys. So yeah, nice. Somebody will get desperate and he'll go end up somewhere. That's what he does. But on that note, thanks for joining me, my friend. Uh, we'll do it again sometime. And uh, make sure you guys check him out on Twitter, Prospects Live, all that good stuff. This was Bench with Bubba, episode 643, your 2024 Cardinals preview. Catch you all next time. <laughs>